Guys, guys, breathe. All right, good. Now that we've done that, we've survived another year of practicing democracy. Go ahead, pat yourself on the back. And if you didn't show up to vote, well, then take that hand away. You ain't patting nothing. All right, no cookie for you. All right, so um, normally we would have news, newsy news, but I'm I'm declaring a hangover speech on this one. Uh, we we kind of need a. We need to have a talk. I mean, we'll talk about the dumpster fire that is Twitter next week because there's going to be even more fun stuff about that. It's just it'll make it just like I like I'll probably just dedicate the whole, if not like more than half the episode to railing on uh, the uh, the dumpster fire over Twitter. I mean, which is funny because I have more to say about that than I did about the dumpster fire of Truth Social. And so uh, with that being said, uh, we'll stick that aside because. We could go into that, but if you guys are following any of my feeds, we already talked about that. So, the election, the dust, it has settled, okay? Now, with most of the ballot counts completed and verified, we can start discussing what the future holds for America. We can see by voter turnout, who cares, and what they have to say. So, first, before we go any further in this discussion, if you did not vote, You sacrifice your vote by exercising your apathy towards your country. With that being said, if you'd like to regain the respect you lost by not participating in democracy, then you can make it up to all of us, including yourself, by registering to vote now and beginning the journey to understand what your community needs and how you can be a part of the solution instead of being a member of the peanut gallery. All right, and this goes for both sides. You can still start now. All right? Go ahead, register yourself to vote. Get down with your bad self. Join the civic engagement revolution, all right? So what was the outcome of this election? All right, a a lot of heated debates and hyperbole across the media sphere, but what stood out to me was how many conversations collided across territories and voter districts. It seems that many Americans are following news outlets outside of their locale, and they're having conversations about subjects and influencing communities they're not a part of. Now, this leads to some folks never actually talking to their real community because they're happier with their fans and enemies on the pages they frequent. You know, it's fun. They already they already have what they want. They're 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 a hero there, at least in their own mind. Now, with Americans neglecting to understand that the algorithm doesn't put you in front of the whole world, on top of the fact that your reach in a conversation on any media page is restricted to its follower base and your connections to them. So your voice only goes to where it should in that conversation. Which brings me to today's big topic, the red wave. Now, what happened to it? This this uh, mythical unicorn that was supposed to prance over the horizon and deliver the GOP control of the country. Now, 
MAGAs and Anoners across the country were promising a great coup at the polls this year. And as a Republican constantly apologizing on behalf of my party, I was actually okay with the whimper their efforts made. Theirs, not ours. We did secure a small handful of sensible Republicans, but the technical control still rests with the Dems. Now, this is actually good, though. Because we have a real 50-50 going on after this outcome. This, this puts the pendulum back at the middle and allows America to shift to more left or right later. But can it shift to the right? I mean, as we saw by the outcome in many key battles, the GOP has disconnected from its base more than ever. All right, especially when it came to abortion rights, proving that Americans did not want Roe v. Wade overturned. How many times have I have you heard me say that like Republicans by and large, 70% polled within the party, believe in the right to abortion? All right. I'm we all know that Herschel Walker does, right? Now, so with that being said, seeing how like, you know, most of you libertarians out there here believe in bodily autonomy, et cetera, and all you extreme writers like you know, totally against vaccines and whatnot. Let's meet in the middle. Let's find that compromise and recognize that, like, we could all agree that, like, women's, uh, you know, that everything under the hood is is theirs to command, and there shouldn't be a legislation against that. And if there wants to be a service that uh, alleviates the stress of life through a medical procedure, whether it be by any circumstances, because I'm not judging because it's not my body. All right. And the and the country agreed. So let's let's put a pin in that and recognize that so that every time when this comes up on the next election, we go, we all decided that minutes after it was taken away that we wanted it back. But how did that happen? How did a vocal minority take reign of a party's message and ruin its chances at actually making this country great? I put my money on what I'm calling the red echo chamber. So what is this? The red echo chamber is the rabbit hole that candidates can get consumed by once they reach celebrity status in the movement. They disregard their need to be focused locally on their voters and let their pride and greed distract them from their real purposes and responsibility. Now this Faustian bargain they make to become an influencer before becoming an authority is the exact disillusionment that has led to some candidates feeling their elections have been stolen. Look at B.A.J. Penn. That guy has all those MMA followers, and he never thought for one second to consider how many Hawaii voters actually followed and interacted with him. Same goes for Myra Flores in Texas, who has 350,000 followers on Twitter, but most of them are MAGA podcasters, carpetbaggers, and non-Texans, which means non-voters. So these fringe candidates are sitting in a constant conversation that lifts them up, but what they don't realize is they're not the influencer. Their followers are. See, if a politician is a servant leader, it is assumed to reason social media works under the same socio-relationship. So a politician who is admired and supported continues their path, and one who is chided regularly becomes aware of what they need to change or do better. But these candidates don't see it. They're, they're a bad dog peeing on the carpet, and they're being told they're a good dog for it. So they keep peeing on the political carpet and then show up campaigning with that attitude. 
And when they don't see the results they wanted, they double down because the REC is feeding them the narrative of, it's not you, it's them. I don't give up because the truth must be told. And, and it's so tempting to see the numbers and reactions, to think that what you're doing is right. But it could have all been prevented if you paid attention to your follower stats and, and screen where your comments and DMs came from. So how does the GOP move forward? Well, for starters, throw away your accounts and start from scratch or pay a scrubber to eject your unnecessary followers. Now, you need to reconnect with your community. You need to spend these next two years investigating what they really wanted the whole time you were distracted. All right? Operation Pull Your Head Out of Your Ass is now in effect. You'll soon come to realize that we really are sitting on the precipice of unity as I myself have talked with many Republicans across the country who care about the environment, want to protect bodily autonomy, and feel that civil rights still needs to be discussed. And in that realization, you'll also come to find what the office you intend to campaign for should actually be doing for your community. If you humble yourself and come back to be a servant instead of a celebrity, you will see a greater success in your campaign and even garner positive attention from your opponent's voter base. But why does America need the GOP to have balance? America's greatest achievements were all established through unity. It's clear that no one party should be in charge of everything just because we can actively demonize the other. This, this lack of accountability creates a toxic dichotomy and will only disenfranchise half the country. That will lead to more unrest and tension. As we rebalance the GOP and return to sensible politics, we'll see an end to the ideologues who party flip to the Dems in order to see votes or Dems who go Republican because the left is too wide so they find a narrow part of the center that leads them down the rabbit hole of the right. This balance can lead to better hearings and discussions about policy and community action. We need to be reaching across the aisle. It's the only way. You want to see a healthy and united country, we need to establish the respect necessary to open a new age of communication and create a bridge made from compromises and friendly concessions in order to walk across it together. Unity needs to be established before division takes hold of us again in the next election. Just think of it this way. When you're searching yourself to understand humanity, look inside of you and recognize that you love someone who loves someone you don't know, a stranger. And by extension, that stranger loves many more people you will never, ever meet in your lifetime. And by that exponential relation, you have loved the world by loving at least one person in your life. So eliminate your bias right now and come to know that you love the world around you. And if you do that, you can put aside the superficial things that separate you from neighbors and start making positive, radical change. I want you to think of this every time you get mad, every time you disagree. You need to replace your negative bias with a positive one and let your heart infect your head with enough love to overcome your differences every time you want to lose your mind or go on a rant that will cause more harm than help. I want you to look at strangers on the street or at the mall and think about how they want to live a happy life like you, how they don't want to be in pain like you, how they 
want their children to grow up in a better world like you want for your kids. When you begin to see yourself in strangers, you begin to see the love that connects you to them. And when you reach that point, you're truly ready to be a part of the solution. Mahalo for listening today. I hope you take these thoughts with you and make as much positive, radical change as you can in your community with it. I'll catch you later with the uh, Entertainment Weekly, and uh, I look forward to uh, really ripping apart the World Weekly again next time as we uh, discuss uh, the great battle of Elon Musk on Twitter, uh, a raging war against verified unverified accounts, and who'd have thought Jesus Christ is back and he's verified. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Uh, and hopefully uh, it's still around for me to razz it next week or we're just going to be having a funeral. Uh, all right, everyone. Mahalo for the listens and follows. I'll catch you next time. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs>